it's at this stage we don't have plans for it but you know if there's a big enough demand where like more and more people are wanting this option and it's becoming like a common trend then it's something we can definitely look at down the track what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the eSkate chat podcast um we're here with nick today and what we're doing is version two of the answering your instagram questions we did this a couple months ago yeah um, we got a bunch of questions in and there was there was too many to get through. <laughs> so there was a heap more questions. We asked again last night. The questions have come in and we got 30 questions. We're going to rapid fire through. Yep. So we get through them all. Yeah. All sounds right. good. The very first question, this one's for you, Nick. What is the temperature range of the Hadian I want to ride in winter in sub-zero? Yes, I mean, this is a pretty standard kind of response for anything battery-related, I guess. Um, you know, as with all batteries, especially lithium batteries, their performance is going to go down significantly with cold weather. Um, if you're riding in sub-zero, you can pretty much expect, like, a performance loss of, you know, up to, like, 40%, really. Um, and that's not just range. That's potentially also, like, what it can actually output in power as well. Lithium batteries or batteries in general? Don't Mate, look, batteries in general suffer with cold weather. Uh, lithium batteries, because of the, the chemistry of them, um, probably a bit more noticeable. Yeah. So they will work, but performance won't be quite there? Correct, yeah. Cool. Next question. What percentage less range do AT wheels get over street wheels? Yeah, it's around 30% less, roughly. Um, it's a bit of a loaded question. Um, you know, when you're talking different riders and different wheels, it's going to come down to, you know, still like what we've discussed in the past, like riding styles, environmental conditions. But, you know, as a basis, I reckon you can probably work on about 30%. Terrain's a big one too. So yeah. even with all terrain, there's a massive difference between riding on the grass and riding on concrete. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, 30%. If you're riding on grass, it's, it's going to be more than Significantly that. less again, yeah. Um, why is the Hadian series not travel friendly? So why, yeah. why aren't you allowed to take it on a plane? Um, straight off the bat, you know, it's purely just the size of the battery. Like the actual, we're talking energy and the, the uh, capacity of the battery just exceeds it so far. And, you know, the Hadian being a 12S battery, uh, it's, it's, to have it travel friendly, we would need to have it, you know, down to like 3.7 amp hour, somewhere around there. Um, and to do that, cell choice becomes really limited um, and then, you know, you're still running into those issues of like cell choice that can actually still deliver that performance we want. So in terms of viability and feasibility, it's just not really there. Um, yeah. So if you made the, so the airline goes off capacity of the battery. Yeah. They go on the watt hour. Yeah. So they go on basically, that's like what the energy the battery can store. Um, so when we're talking, you know, with our GTR and the Stoke series, uh, we have a, a 4.2 amp hour, 4 amp hour um, uh, Stoke battery and a 10S. And so it comes out about the 151 watt hour. Uh, so that's fine. It comes under their allowance. If we had the same capacity in a 12S system, it puts it over that allowed watt hour. Um, so we would have to reduce the amp hour of the battery to meet that. And then that's where we start running into issues to retain the same performance and the same reliability of the battery while keeping it travel friendly. So if we made a, a smaller battery, essentially we're not going to be able to meet the same performance. It won't have as much power yep. as the, the full-size Hadian battery. Yeah, correct. That makes sense to me. Yep. Um, shipping to Japan. Do you ship to Japan? We actually have Evolve Japan. We do. Um, so uh, if you just type into Google, Evolve Skateboards yeah. Japan, we have our own website. It's all um, in Japanese. It's got 
Japanese couriers we ship out of Tokyo. So it pretty much is next day shipment and you'll get it in a couple of days. Yep. Um, and then that's the same for all, all sorts of parts and that sort of stuff. So your yeah. warranty needs are looked after. Yep. Um, when are the bash guards for the Hadian Jew? So you question. <laughs> it's a me question. Um, I mean, they're, they're underway. The obviously yep. primary concern right now is getting the Hadians out to customers. Yep. Um, they, they're not going to be available with the first shipment of boards. But within a couple shipments' time, we're expecting to start seeing the accessories yeah. like the bash guard, like the prism strips, and a few other bits and pieces um, specifically for the Hadian start becoming available. Yeah, cool. Is there a shop for your boards in Barcelona, Spain? I'm wanting to go in and look and buy instead of online. Um, that's fully understandable. A yeah. lot of people <laughs> want to go and actually buy the thing, which is part of the reason why we have the networks. I'm not actually sure where Evolve Spain is based, but they do have a retail network. So the same as Japan, just go on Evolve Skateboard Spain yep. <laughs> um, and they will tell you where all their retailers are. They'll tell you where their physical location yep. is and there's places you can go in to check out boards in Spain as well. Yeah, 100%. Are you planning to add options for cloud wheels and other wheels in the remote? So the options in the remote generally come about in terms of, you know, public demand and, you know, what we see as being the common requests and things like that. Um, you know, the options that are in the remote currently are mainly what we provide, we've tested and we know work really well. It's at this stage, we don't have plans for it, but, you know, if there's a big enough demand where like more and more people are wanting this option and it's becoming like a common trend, then it's something we can definitely look at down the track. In the meantime, we do have a chart that helps people um, identify really close <coughs> wheel and gear settings that'll match with what they want to use. And that way they can select something else in a remote that'll be pretty close. This one's probably more of a Jeff question, but <laughs> I'll throw it to you. What do you think Evolve's biggest achievement as a company has been? Oh, you know, I think looking at uh, as a company going from something that started as somebody's dream in their garage to being recognized globally and having like such a, an awesome sort of community following. I think that's a huge achievement going from somebody's dream to such an awesome community following within what could be considered a relatively short period of time. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a pretty big achievement in itself right there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, affecting people in all corners of the world yeah, um, it's, like, it's wild when you're overseas. Like we're in the heart of it here on the Gold Coast, Australia. But when you're in San Fran and there's literally a random guy going past on an Evolve, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a trip. So I, I think the far-reaching nature of the brand is also a big achievement. Yeah, and, you know, just even the ways that uh, people use it and the way it helps them. Like, you know, you hear stories all the time, like everything from people who use it for uh, a means of transport and commuting to – you know, people where it's actually helped them personally and emotionally um, discover something new about themselves. So I think, you know, all providing all of that in a product is pretty amazing. I should have put these on a sheet so I don't have to keep picking it up and my phone's would've, locking. Would have been a bit easier for you. Would have been easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, when do you think the Hadian is going to be back in stock in the UK? At the moment, um, all our countries uh, main countries are out of stock on Hadian. Yep. We turn the sales off just until we get through shipping and have a yep. better indication of when batch three will be available. At this stage, we're expecting it to be around the end of this month. So 
Give it another three weeks, but yep. stay tuned to the, the socials and the email list and we'll give everyone warning so they can jump in the first lot of those shipments when they are available. Yeah, cool. Stay tuned. Can you somehow repair or buff out scratches and scuffs in the carbon fiber on GTR boards? Yeah, we do get asked this one quite a fair bit because obviously, you know, it is a nice uh, looking product, aesthetically pleasing. People want to keep it in really good condition. Um, as for getting rid of scratches, it really depends on how deep it is. Uh, if it's like superficial scratches, it's in the clear coat, it's in the surface, typically you can use like a, a buff and polish or, or sorry, like a cut and polish or a buff to buff out the scratch itself and then probably like if it's a little bit deep, you can touch it up with clear um, nail polish. Uh, if it starts getting really deep into the carbon fiber, you're not going to buff it out. You can Again, you can buff that clear coat and smooth it over um, and then your best bets to use something like uh, nail polish or if it's really bad, say on the nose of it, you can use an epoxy uh, and that'll like sort of create a clear coat and a seal over it to protect the carbon fiber from you know any kind of moisture or environmental aspects. And... My way of looking at it is that at the end of the day, it's a skateboard. Um, yeah. You know, some people want to keep them in pristine condition, which is understandable. Yeah. But it's like a bike. These things are out to be ridden. They're going to get scratched. Yeah. I have seen people um, sort of when they first get their board do the vinyl treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely seen some like a, a few vinyl skins that people have used. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And that just gives it that protection, you know, when you go to resell it or yeah. you can pull it off and replace the vinyl and it's, yep. it's new again. So that's an idea as well to avoid those scratches so you don't have to try and buff them out. Yeah. Um, is there an age limit for, for the boards in terms of riders? Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't really call it an age limit. We do have recommendations of, you know, about 14, 16 and above. Um, like, you know, we have to remember these can be quite fast. They do have a, a reasonable amount of power in them in the higher modes. Um, so we do recommend, you know, adults predominantly. Um yeah, it is, you know, anybody riding it should be aware of the risks. And so obviously younger age groups typically aren't always aware of those risks. Um, but yeah, so our recommendation is typically about 14 and above. Yeah. Um, if anyone checked out last week's Insider, it was a Brisbane Eastgate session and you might have noticed there was a, a couple little girls. Yeah. They would have been four, five, yeah, six that. Um, riding. And uh, they're, they're actually coming or their dad is coming on the podcast next week to sort of discuss about all things e-skating kids. He's a super responsible parent. Yep. Like the kids are very young, but they only ride in um, sort of open areas. Yep. They only ride in safe mode, so they're never yeah. going very fast. And, of course, they're all padded up. Yeah, it's um, always really important. So so it is possible, but you, you definitely need to ensure their safety. Yeah. Um, and not let them just go ham because they might not understand that these things are a lot faster than a normal board. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it also comes down to, I guess, you know, motor skills and dexterity and like, you know, because the remote does have like different controls to what they might be used to in other areas. Uh, it's one of those things you just need to be mindful of and make sure the like any rider, not just kids, but any riders, you know, um, competent with it and safe. Cool. Relative to pre-production Hadian boards is a bamboo more flexy or less flexy less yeah so some of our pre-production uh and bamboo boards that um various people would have ridden around the world at different demo events and things like that probably noticed there was a significant amount of flex in them um you know these were pre-production samples these were used for testing and that was kind of like where we started and then we've reduced the flex from there so 
they don't they aren't as flexy as those ones. Um, they still have a nice sort of smooth flex in them, but yeah, they're definitely not the same amount. W- would you describe it as similar to the GTR? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close. I would say, yeah, yeah, the it's. It's slightly longer, so it might feel different, but I think the flex is quite similar. Yeah, the flex itself, and we had this discussion the other week, actually, funnily enough. Um, I reckon the flex is pretty similar, and the only difference would be, yeah, that slightly uh, extra wheelbase. And if anything, that would probably just affect it more so. I love to carve on AT wheels. Will any street setup grip as well as rubber? I wear through my ATs too quickly. <laughs> Short answer, unfortunately, is no. Uh, simply just with like the difference in materials, like a hard urethane is never going to grip as well as a, a softer rubber pneumatic tire on the road. Uh, it just simply won't. Um, so there are obviously ways to combat this. You can either go for a street wheel, which is going to serve the purpose as best as possible. Um, you know, with that, you'd be looking at probably a larger wheel with a larger contact patch, so in a larger diameter and a larger width. Um, or, you know, there are other wheels out there that are more of a rubber compound in, like, a solid design. Yeah, like that, um, that question earlier, he mentioned the cloud wheels. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of probably a more in-between wheel. They're still not going to give you anywhere near as the same amount of grip as the rubber wheel. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the in terms of wearing, the cloud wheels would have then, you know, wear quicker than a traditional street wheel as well. Um, so anything that, you know... to Basically, putting a layman so anything that grips really well, it's typically because of the properties of it. But those same properties mean it's probably going to wear out quicker. So, what could you do to ensure you're getting the most life out of yep. the actual rubber tire? Yeah, so obviously tire choice. Firstly, uh, so the standard black all-terrain tire, so the one without the knobby tread, uh, is quite a good long-lasting tire. Um, and that's not just from us. You know, that's recognising quite across a few groups. Um, so, you know, starting with that firstly, and then, you know, looking at your tire pressures, where you're riding, how you're riding, but, um, you know, if you're carving hard and you're actually drifting the tires a little bit each time, they're always going to wear. Uh, so, you know, looking at that, then rotating the tires around the board to get even wear, get the longest life out of the whole set. And that rotation is not just front to back, but also side to side. Cause if you're carving hard, you're going to be getting like sideways wear on them. Um, and that force from each side is going to change. So it's good to sort of rotate them around, get a bit of a mixed wear on them, um, and that'll get the best life out. What's the best way to tighten the trucks? I ride a GTR AT on dirt and can't get them right. Okay. Um, I mean, well, to physically adjust them, just simply using the the skate tool, so T-tool, Y-tool. In terms of getting the adjustment right, that's – uh, really big personal preference and you know we've got previous videos talking about bushing setups and how to sort of set up your board to suit you um, and you know my spiel to anybody who comes to me and asks you know getting their board set up right I always say you know explore those other options if they're finding themselves tightening the standard bushings a lot to get the feel they want then they really need to consider a stiffer bushing setup um, so that they're not over cranking down the bushing because that's not always going to give them the feel they want just because they're making it tighter yeah, if, if you have to tighten them up so tight that you're looking at your bushing and they're bulging yep. into an oval, um, that, that's not correct. Yep. You actually want to take that out, replace it with a harder compound bushing and put less less pressure yep. on that and let the urethane do its job. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I assume that guy um, 
nose to tighten his trucks up. Yep. I heard. Um, so the next stage then would probably be taking a look at the bushings and making sure that's set up for you. Yeah, correctly. definitely. And if, if you're, and this goes for anybody, if you're adjusting your bushings constantly because you keep feeling that they're too loose or something like that and you're just continuously tightening and, like Matt said, if the wall of the bushing goes from being straight to kind of like bellowing out or kind of ballooning out, that's a clear indicator that you need to go up in like a, a harder geometer. Yep. I'm, I'm 100 kilos myself and I do run harder bushings than the stock one. Yep. So if there is um, sort of a heavier rider, and especially for the off-road stuff where it's getting a bit bumpy, yeah, it's pretty reasonable to assume you should get have a look at some harder bushings. Yeah, definitely. You got the high performance bushing kit online or you can just go and buy the specific ones, the hardest ones you want. Yeah. And I mean, some people obviously even seen, you know, they've asked around in community groups to see who has what, what bushing setups and they, you know, they'll um, make it relative to the right of weight. I've even seen some people ask if they can try the board. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, start at your, where you are and if you need to go harder, maybe look at some harder settings. How do you stop squeaking, even if you have greased the trucks? Yeah, so again, I would like to recommend finding our service videos. We do go through a lot of this um, talking about it. But in short, it's not just about greasing the trucks. Like You have to look at the pivot cups as well. Um, And it's not just about lubricating each time. Make sure you're cleaning them out. So if you're not cleaning the bushings and the pivot cups and all the the platforms and the surfaces, it's going to be holding all that dirt and debris and grease, like, all the old grease um and so that's all going to add to any kind of noises and creaks and squeaks so you know pull your trucks apart clean everything small amount of grease on contact surfaces um, including the pivot cups uh, and then put it all back together uh, another tip you can use for like your pivot cups and things like that you know, i've seen people use candle wax soap uh dry lube so you can buy like dry lube sticks it all works really well um but you just got to attack all contact points I feel like the pivot cups are that like secret little thing <laughs> like a not traditional skater doesn't know about. So they'll disassemble them, but because they don't fall out, um, they, they get missed. Yeah. Do you want to just like tell people what they are, where to find them? Yeah. So the, the pivot cups, when you look at your truck, you've got your, your base plate on the bottom and then your truck arm in the middle and then like the strut or the hanger closest to the ground. Um, and, you know, for both the truck arm and the strut, both of them have like a little pivot point. It looks just like a little rounded pin and it goes into uh, what looks like a plastic pivot cup. Uh, now that plastic pivot cup just pushes into um, like the base plate and the truck arm. And so if you're not replacing it, you can just clean it out with uh, a Q-tip or cotton wool, just some kind of rag, clean it out and put a little bit of lubrication in there. If you're replacing them, you can use a screwdriver or whatever, pry it out, put a new one in, there you go. Um, it is really important to sort of keep them clean because that's where most of the noise is probably coming from. Yeah, they are the major culprit in the squeaking. <laughs> they definitely are. How often should I change my bearings? I mean, look, th- again, this goes back to our service videos. There's really no set time period. Um, you should be doing checks on your board pretty regularly, uh, especially if you're riding off-road. And then part of those checks should be checking the condition of the bearings. So you pull your wheels off. You don't even have to pull the bearings out of the wheel. You just use a finger, put some pressure into the center of it and turn it. If it feels a little bit rough, uh, not smooth spinning, then it's a good idea to probably replace it. Um, You know, servicing your bearings will prolong the life of it. So, you know, when you're doing these checks and maintenance, you can watch some of our videos. 
pop off the seals, clean out the bearings, put them back in after you lubricate them, and then that'll extend the life of them. It seems like a bit of a reoccurring theme to watch our videos. Um, there, there is almost 300 videos on the main YouTube channel, and you can go to the playlist and hit how to, and there's videos on everything yep. from the bushings, bearings, changing tires, cleaning grip, yeah. changing grip tape, pretty much everything you could possibly need to do on an Evolve board. I think so, yeah. So if, if you have free time, literally just go on there and scroll through the titles and see what sort of interests you you might find some cool stuff that you didn't know you wanted to know about 100 percent. and a lot of our customers even say that to us like you know that if they're unsure about it and they found the how-to channel on our page and they're like oh you know they've just went through it and it answered most of their questions and they, it teaches them like something they didn't know and it gives them that ability to be able to get into the board themselves gives them a bit better understanding james asked i just bought a gtr do i need to upgrade to the hadian no, definitely not. I mean, the GTR is like a fantastic board and like I've still got mine. My partner still has hers. Um, you know, great board. I mean, if somebody was a new customer and they were deciding which one to buy, you know, it really comes down to how they want to use it, what they want to use it for. Somebody looking to upgrade, it's a, Hayden's a great upgrade from the GTR, like, you know, more range, a bit more power, a bit more speed. But, you know, the GTR in itself, it's a fantastic board. It's great as it is. Um, if you're happy with it, no need to upgrade. Ride it. Hundred <laughs> percent. My um my best friend called me on the weekend and said, "Hey mate, I'm I'm going to buy an Evolve. Uh, which one should I get?" And we sort of spoke about it. He just wants to ride around Brisbane. Yep. His girlfriend wants to ride it. It's a GTR bamboo, mate. Yep. Like yeah. it, it's got everything you need. Um. So unless you find you're starting to hit the limits of what the GTR can do, um, if you're doing a lot of off roading, yep. you're hitting it up all the time or it doesn't have enough range for you, then maybe look into the Hadian. Yeah. But for the vast majority of people, the GTR is going to be more than enough. Yeah, I still definitely. recommend it a lot. Yeah. I mean, the range is still great on it. Like the like ours, we still get over 30K range. Like I know I'm a small person, but, you know, that's that's a two-year-old board. We're still getting decent range with the all trains, and like we take them out, pump tracks, off-road, and, you know, definitely won't be getting rid of that board anytime soon. <laughs> um, this was the most popular question. Um, of all really? Instagram ones. Can I get one for free? No. I think you can back up this one too. Well, I'm actually about to say yes. <laughs> um, starting next month, we're going we're gonna to start giving away a board every single month. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that's, that's a fun little one. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Essentially what it's going to be is every interaction with us is an entry. So it might be you're a YouTube subscriber. It might be a comment on the thing. Um, the ones we can track commenting on our Instagram, yep. following our Instagram, liking our Instagram, cool. uh, same on Facebook, and then being on our email subscribe list. We're going to randomly pick someone every single month and just start giving away boards. Can I enter? You certainly can. You can enter as many times. <laughs> if you're active over a whole month, you might have 100 entries into it. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, it'll be pretty cool, and I think there's going to be some unsuspecting winners. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to start giving away boards. That'd be a cool one. So rather than inboxing us for a free one, get active. Nice. And we'll make it happen. Um, how do you clean an Evolve board? This one really comes down to how much effort you want to put into it and how safe you want to be with the board. <laughs> so, you know, look, let's be real. Uh, if you want to clean the board briefly, quickly, after you've been out for a, a quick run through the bush or it's dirty, something like that, 
best way, get some grip gum or sandpaper clean or something like that. You can run down the top of the deck, get all your dirt out of the grip tape, debris. Uh, that'll clean all that down. As for the underside of the deck, you know, uh, some kind of spray cleaner and a cloth, we can wipe all that down, spray it, get the dirt off, debris and all that. If you want to go further and your board's just caked, and I know we've had this same issue where we've like just like half destroyed boards, we're just covered in stuff you just can't get off with grip gum, pull the battery off the board or in a carbon case, pull it out of the deck. Please don't leave it in if you're going to do this next step. And you can high-pressure hose the board and the grip tape down. Um, it's really important that if you're going to do this, make sure all the electronics are off the board. Um, we have heard people gurning down boards with electronics still on there, and this is like a really big risk. <laughs> Would you clean your laptop with a hose? No, you wouldn't. Don't do it. Yeah. But luckily, you, yeah, you can take it out. Yeah. And then if you get the high-pressure hose on grip tape, it does a really good job. It, it does. It blasts dirt it's, right out of it. It is quicker, but obviously the process to get to that is a bit more in-depth. Um, so it really comes down to how much time you want to spend on the product. Do you find yourself cleaning your boards much? Uh, I do I do a brief clean on them pretty regularly, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm pretty bad with writing in areas where it does get trashed. Um, so it is important to have to try and keep them clean. Um, like, you know, when you're riding off road and you're going through like little bits of like puddles here and there and you get them underneath, you know, I like to keep the deck clean. It looks nice and presentable, especially if you start doing different grip tape, you want to show off that to people. I, I never clean my board. I noticed. <laughs> ever. Um, I pretty much clean it when I sort of change the bushings. Yeah. So that's the only time I'll, I'll clean it. Or if I ride on the beach... Yes, um, I've done that a couple times, and I do go straight home and just strip the whole back end off, yep. and and properly wipe it down to get it, make sure all the salt and stuff is off. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't clean it at all, and it doesn't really need it other than for aesthetics. Yeah, I mean the aesthetics are a big one about that, and I think you know when you start riding in different conditions, I like say if you get mud caked in your grip tape, you might get a little bit less grip on there. Um, but for me, I just like my boards being clean. Um, <laughs> And, you know, everybody's different. We've seen boards come to group rides that look like they haven't been cleaned in about five years. Uh, we've seen ones that look like they're straight out of the box. So, look, if you want your board clean, I recommend spending the time on it. Um, yeah, it's up to you. And here we are, question number 30, the Ooh. last one. This one also came in a fair bit. Same thing everyone wants to know. Where is the Hadians? So that's um, a big question. We've updated all the customers. It's different in every country, obviously. The boards all left our facility. They were manufactured in early to mid-September. Yep. So they've been done for over a month now. And then they're just making their way to different places. So yep. I know we have um, we have stuff in customs in Australia. Yep. We have actually started shipping them. Yeah. There's boards gone out in the UK and in USA so yep. far. We're about to start shipping them in Australia sometime soon. Yep. Um, and then it, it's mainly just a process of getting it through customs. Yeah. We have a boat in Long Beach Port. Yep. If you're not familiar with what's going on there, Google search <laughs> Long Beach Port and there's 80 cargo ships um, just sitting offshore. There's, they're working the workers or the port is working 24-7 to yep. beat that congestion. Yeah, it's been on the news a fair bit lately. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then people are starting to talk about um, – what is going to be available for Christmas? Like yeah, okay. The, the shops are having problems. There's yep. suppliers. Like there's, I read an article of a guy that sells Christmas trees 
and his Christmas trees got delayed, so he's not going to have Christmas trees to sell for Christmas. Yeah, that's a bit of a hard one, isn't it? It's a tough it's, one for yeah, him when, when his Christmas trees arrive in January. <laughs> <laughs> he's got plenty of stock for next year. <laughs> so I think it's something we're all going to be dealing with. We're, we're feeling good. Yeah. Like obviously, we're um, a bit frustrated like the customers. We hate going further than what we said on our delivery yeah. timeframes. Like I said, it, it left mid-September. Once they are in the hands of their logistics partners, it's pretty much out of our control. All we can do is like, do what we can to speed up the process, making sure we're keeping everyone accountable and we're yep. working our ass off. We've done um, – we're shipping certain things air freight yep. and splitting up batches to make sure we're uh, getting our risks spread out and we're getting things here as quickly as possible. Yeah. But good news is I've already seen posts in the group. Writers have started getting them and over the next sort of, uh, I guess, four weeks, that batch one yep. – all around the world is going to be going out yeah. and we'll start seeing a lot of Hadians out there. going to be a lot of happy people. Pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the best Christmas present. Yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll about do us on this episode. Sweet. So thanks for sticking along. If there's any other questions you need to know, um, we will be replying in the comments section to more questions. So drop us a buzz there and we'll see you next time. Cool. Rod safe. <laughs>